Welcome to Not Marriage Advice. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about my childhood, uh, my story of growing up, where I came from, um, some of the things I struggled with, and and some of the ways that I was able to overcome and cope with that. But thank you for joining us. All right, let's go. Let's hear about you, babe. Okay. So, what, what do you want to know? Your whole story. Start from the beginning. Yep. So I was born and raised in England. Um in Yorkshire, England, the best part of England. Um, 100%. Lived there till I was 18. I have three siblings, um, older brother, older sister, me, and then younger sister. Um, we're a LDS family, um, born and raised in the LDS church in England, um, which is very different from being raised in the church here. Um just has a different kind of different experience, culture. different yeah. culture for sure. Um, yeah, my, I don't have very many memories of my like childhood. Mm. Um, like pre, like up till about preteen probably. Yeah. Um, is, is when my memories really start kicking in. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of that is, um, definitely some dissociation going on for me as a kid. Sure. Um, I was bullied pretty pretty heavily in Beep. <laughs> pretty heavily in school. Um, and that was really confusing and hard as a kid. It it formed. Um, I formed a lot of my. A lot, a lot of beliefs about myself from those experiences. Because um, it wasn't like, I don't know, you, you see bullying in, in like TV shows and in movies and there's kids getting stuffed in lockers and wedgies and yeah. it's very obvious, right? very out in the open. And that may be the case for some people, um, but it, it that wasn't the case for me. Um, it wasn't that way. The kids that bullied me um, did it very secretly. They were pretty kind of conniving with it. Um, to in in secret from teachers, like it was yeah. never. They were like the golden children in in front of the in front of the teacher, but I was the one who reacted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was a very, very, still am a very, very deep feeler, very similar to you, mm-hmm. um, a very emotional kid, um, I reacted pretty strongly to them. And I would get in trouble. Yeah. So I was the troublemaker. I was the problem kid um, in uh, my first school that I, my yeah, it was first school, not primary school. Um, but yeah, so I i mean, I remember going to the head teacher's office um, quite a few times. Uh, I have vague memories of being in there with my parents or my mom and talking to, I don't know why I said mom. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Sometimes my English accent just fades away and... American comes in and 
goes back. I don't think I've ever heard you say mom before. <sighs> I don't even know. I do want to refer to your mom because she's your mom. Yeah. But it's my mom. So anyway, back to the story. Um, being in there with my mom, um, I, I have vague memories of that. Um, but a lot of my memories are things I've been told, I feel like, mm, that like happened. stories others have shared of you? Yeah. So, mm. for example, like my mom sharing me with me that, you know, I was brought into the principal. The, oh, my gosh, I'm American today. What is going on? <laughs> the head teacher's office. Um, and my mom being there and the head teacher telling um, my mom all of the trouble I've been causing and telling her that like I'll, I'll I'm just a, a problem child and I'll never make anything of myself um, mm. so obviously hearing that as a kid even though I don't know that I have the specific memory of it yeah like it was just a, a lot of, I mean I had other teachers that were just awful one of them it felt like she had it out for me because she didn't like my brother Interesting. Um, I think she had all my previous siblings and I mean, everyone had a problem with her. Um, So interesting how many issues we as adults have as kids with teachers. Like, it's wild. One of your primary authority figures growing up. Like, especially at that early of an age, you don't really question what they say. So when you get, like, called out in front of the whole school by a teacher... Like in the in the in an assembly, like that happened. That I, happened to you? Oh, multiple times. That's wild. And I just feeling like embarrassed and yeah. shame. Like I felt a lot of shame came very naturally to me mm. as a kid. I very naturally went inward and blamed myself for the things I was experiencing, and this must be because of me, and because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Um. I. I. Um, that's what the beliefs that bullying formed, that there must be something wrong with me um, because these kids keep picking on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was four years of that, uh, four and a half years of that before I switched schools. Yeah. Um, and by that point, because the beliefs that I had formed about, my, about myself, that you know people don't really like me, I don't really have any friends. People are going to pick on me. Um, there's something wrong with me. I carried that into my next school. And I think that there was some, like, I was just different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it was, it, I went to church regularly and I was a religious kid and that was known and um, kind of picked on a little bit. Uh, and, Kids pick on anything that's different. If you've got like a big nose, they're gonna pick sure. on it. If you've got sure a gap in your teeth, like I did, they're gonna mm. pick on it. Um, if you go to church, they're gonna find something. But because of the beliefs that I had about myself, that affected me like very deeply. Yeah. Um, and just reinforced over and over and over again. So even even things that might not necessarily have been like intentionally like bullying i took that on as like more more of the same basically um but i still like enjoyed life 
mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Some of my happiest memories from that time period, uh, always like outside. Yeah. Like I would get home and I would be outside until the streetlights came on mm. and playing football or soccer. Um, like playing random games, tag. Um, we actually call it TIG. You Did you know it? that? No. You know that? We call it TIG. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Is that, have I just blown your mind? <laughs> the most random Oh, I just feel like we've been together so long that I feel like I've heard almost everything by now, but TIG? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, garden hopping. <laughs> just running through people's yards, trying to get to the other side of the neighborhood. Oh, like our kids do now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Except over block walls. It's great. Our kids live like they're growing up in the 90s. It's, yeah. It's, it's awesome. wild. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of my cousins around me, um, which yeah. was really cool. Like my closest friends were my cousins. Um, That's really cool. They were like just down the street. So we were always messing around, getting in fights with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, like me, are very passionate, yeah. very emotional, yeah, deep feelers, um, it seemed it. like. So we would get in fights over rules. That is cool that you had that experience, though, because as somebody who didn't grow up with cousins my age at all, yeah, or, you know, like super close um, proximity, yeah, that's really cool you had that experience. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um so, I mean, I'm sure there was, like, drama and stuff, but I... Sure. Oblivious, dis, dis, yeah. dis, disassociated child was mm. completely unaware of that what stuff. What are those uh, benefits of being unaware? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't recognize what's going on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I kind of... Uh, after moving schools, um, I went to middle school, Um. Shortly after that, I think I was only there for like the last um, term of the year and experienced kind of similar things as uh, the bullying was never as heavy as it was like in my first school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it was just kids being kids and me taking things very, very personally. Yeah, maybe like living life a little bit with like that filter of being bullied before and taking that yeah. into the next experience. Yeah, totally. I think. Yeah. yeah, and um, I just never felt, like, accepted by mm. the kids that I hung out with. Was that just, like, in school, or did you notice that, like, in your neighborhood with kids or at church? Um, trying to think about church, I don't really have very many memories of that at that age. Um, but at, with my cousins, no, I felt like I could be myself, like... Mm. I showed them who I was when I was angry. I I showed them that I was angry when I was happy. I showed them that I was happy. I showed them like all of that. Yeah. Um. That was probably the one place that that I could. Yeah. Um. Everywhere else, I just kind of tried to blend in. Mm. I was this chameleon that w- didn't really have an opinion on things or didn't share his opinion on things because if I did, and someone didn't like that opinion then they wouldn't like me and so I I just did everything I could to blend in and and be accepted like just screaming for people to accept me Mm. because I didn't feel it um and then when I started high school 
the high school in England is year seven to year thirteen. It goes all the way up to uh, so sixth grade mm-hmm. to twelfth grade, which is challenging. You, that is like that is rough. Talked about you finishing up elementary school and you're in sixth grade yeah. in elementary school, and I'm in high school at the same age. That is so wild to me. Which is bonkers to me. Having like twelve year olds going to school with like eighteen year olds. Yeah, like on on the school bus. Like I rode the school bus. No, well, it's not the school bus. It's like a public bus, mm-hmm. um, a city bus that is dedicated for the school. So only s- students ride it. Um, and yeah, you like sat next to like 18 year olds who are talking about all kinds of things oh i'm sure so that was that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of <laughs> <laughs> oh it, that that had already kind of begun even before that um i think i had found like as a self-soothing tool i had, i had found like masturbation pretty early yeah um I think I must have been like eight or nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some other like eight or nine year old in the neighborhood like told me about it and just kind of, I don't know, discovered it. Um, Interesting. But I never got caught and hid that. And that was like a huge source of shame for me. Yeah. Especially more like religious shame. Yeah. That. Like, I, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hit it. Uh, that that really was my pattern, even with even with bullying. Like, I never told my parents that I was being bullied. Um, that they would ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Ask me why I came home and I was upset and sad. But I never would tell them because, I don't know, I just hit it. Yeah. Um, I... I I remember distinctly feeling like if I told them I was being bullied, that would upset them. They would be upset, and then that that would be my fault. Interesting. Um, So that was just something you discovered on your own. It wasn't necessarily anything that they did or said. It was just you that decided, oh, I can't tell them. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know where I learned that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was just how I came out of the womb or yeah. if that was a learned I mean, thing. could be. Um, if, if, yeah, if that was something I'd seen modeled to me um, in my family. Um, so, yeah, I, I hid things a lot. I Shame was very, very natural to me. Um, and I, as, as I got into my early teens... I just felt really, really lost. Um, I kind of bounced from friend group to friend group. Um, I, well, I say friend group. I didn't. I never really felt like they were my friends. Mm. I felt like I was just there. I could be pulled right out, and no one would notice that I was just gone. lift right out. Yeah, just lift right out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be fair, like I did, I moved out of that group and to a different group and it felt like nothing had changed. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't noticed. No one ever came to me and said like, Hey, you stopped hanging out with us. What's going on? 
it would, I was just gone. Yeah. And on to the next group and trying to find my place there and not really finding it. So on to the next one. So do you feel like that's why you moved groups is you were just trying to find your place? I was, was trying it? to find somewhere where I felt accepted. Okay. But if you weren't showing these groups who you were, do you think you were ever going to feel accepted? No. So that's probably why you bounced from group to group. It's a big part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, another part of it is I was trying to be friends with the popular kids mm-hmm. who I didn't I didn't fit in with them. The stuff that they talked about, I mean, the the way that they were, that they lived life was very different to me. And I just, I didn't fit in with them. But I was trying to because I wanted to be liked so much. And yeah. Po- and I wanted to be like the, the one of the popular kids that people thought that were was cool. a cool kid. Mm. Um, and I just didn't feel that way at all. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, I really struggled like with my confidence. I was incredibly shy, tons of social anxiety. Um, girls would give me the most anxiety if a girl <laughs> would talk to me. And part of that, uh, I remember one experience I had. Um, and this really like added to, like reaffirmed a lot of my bullying beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um and then formed a whole bunch of new ones. Um, I told my friend, I was 12 years old, 11 or 12. Um, and it, I'd only been at the school, it was my first year at the school. And I, I was feeling like I had, maybe had some friends. Um, I, I was feeling, starting to feel like I was accepted a little bit. Um, some kids that I rode the bus with, um, I would ride with them and chat and it was, it felt like good. Yeah. Um, and then I told my friend um, that I had a crush on this one girl who rode the bus with us, who he knew from his previous school. And he did the whole like, oh yeah, I'll talk to her about it and get you in and all of that stuff. So he, Came back to me. Was like, yeah, I, like ask her out on the bus today. Um, so we get on the bus, and I'm like terrified to ask this girl out <laughs> in front of people. Of course. And so I do, and um, I get the response of like. Initially, it was like, yeah, I'll go out with you, and then immediately after, it was actually just getting. I don't like you, and I would never go out with you anyway. Oh. So little 12-year-old me surrounded by people on this bus yeah, just crushed. That's so hard. Betrayed by my friend who set it up. Yeah. And in my mind, never going to trust girls again because they do that. Mm-hmm. And um, every day after that on the bus was just torture. Yeah. I mean, there'd be times where that girl would catch me, like, looking at her, and she'd, like, turn to a friend and be like, he's looking at me. Like, it was just, like, it was brutal. Yeah, that I hated be. it. Um, and you're just so young. I know. That's awful. So any time a girl would come up to me after that and or 
any conversation with a girl who's like major, major anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I look back on these memories, like I get, I don't want to like share these stories and have it be like, oh, this is all just so like sad and awful. Mm-hmm. And it, it was hard experiencing it. Definitely. It was, it was awful at going through that. Um, but I can also look back on it now having done the work to feel through that and and reparent myself and yeah. and show up for myself in the way that I needed someone to show up for me. I can look back on it and see like some of the benefits. Yeah. I can see how strong it's made me uh, how how those experiences have made me who I am today. Yeah, they've shaped your life a little bit. Right. Um yeah, that that was really challenging and it um I just felt lost. Um but I, I think one thing about my upbringing I, th- I feel like this is a cultural thing. Um honestly is I lived my life by these rules that I had um kind of created that mm-hmm. I made up. Mm-hmm. that I I thought were like the rules. I mean, I think there's some of that unspoken rules in, in, in high school, like you don't talk to these kids because they're popular and you're not and that, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Sure. But it was like more than that. I'm trying to like, like, I don't know where it came from other than it feels like it's a cultural thing. But um, I think the pinnacle of that, <laughs> the epitome of that, not the pinnacle, the epitome of that um, is when I was I was in seventh grade, uh, y- year eight, so mm-hmm. 12, 13. I think I wasn't 13 yet, I was 12. Um, and I was waiting for the bus to come at the bus stop. <laughs> I love this story. Yeah. Um, and I needed to poop. And it's it's like a probably eight minute walk back home. And I thought to myself, well, I can't miss the bus. That's a rule like that. I told myself that I, I, I can't miss the bus uh-huh. because if I miss the bus, then I can't make it to school because like my mom's already gone to work. No one's at home. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just here waiting for the bus. Um, so like, I have to just wait. It, and I never questioned that. It was yeah. just, there was no other option. This is the way it was. Yeah. Um, so as I'm waiting, <laughs> clenching, <laughs> um, the poop just slips out <laughs> right into my pants. <laughs> and I'm like. Which to me, literally cannot understand on any level I had, how I, it just slips out. <laughs> <laughs> because I'd clenched long enough. Oh my gosh. And it so just good. I I let my guard down for a second and it was out. Let your guard down. I can't. It's too good. So I, I wish I could tell you that the next part of the story was that I went home and cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But Remember, I have these rules. Like, mm-hmm. th- this is how it is. Yep. There's no other option. Yeah. I have to go to school. 
So why is poop in your pants? The bus comes along. I get on the bus. It's poop just in my pants, <laughs> and not not a little bit, a full log. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I mean, I I could smell it. It wasn't like it was. It was stop. It was bad. Stop it. So I get to school, um, go to the bathroom, try and clean up. I should have just ditched my underwear, but for some reason, didn't you didn't go to think class first? Uh, no, I went to school, cleaned up, but the bell oh, rang, and so right. I had to get to class. Naturally, so I, I can't be late. Did what I could in the time that I felt like I had, even though you've crapped your pants. Can't be. Could late. have ditched my underwear. <laughs> Chose, I don't know why. I was just trying to wipe it up with toilet paper. Is that paper. another rule? Because you have to wear underwear? I don't even know. <laughs> just it just didn't occur to me that I could have just ditched my underwear. I've, trust me, I've thought back on this and been like, why? one, why did I go to school? Two, why didn't I just ditch my underwear? Yeah, there's lots of things. So I, I go to class. I'm sat in class and I'm just like, I can definitely smell myself. So I just asked the teacher... Um, if I could go to the office, felt sick. My mom picked me up and, you know, I didn't go to school. So, but as ridiculous as that story is, because I I feel like any other person would have just gone home. That's the way I lived my life. I created these rules for myself and I had to live by those rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't talk to this person because, or I couldn't like wear this, these out this outfit or these shoes because that would mean that i'm trying to be this like everyone else Mm. and i'm not like everyone else i'm different Uh, there's something wrong there's something different about me there's something wrong with me so then i can't wear that stuff that's so interesting um and i still struggle with this today yeah i think even in like simple things where i'm like where we talk about something and I'm like, well, why don't you just call that person? And you like, look at me like, oh yeah, I guess I could just do that. <laughs> that seems easy enough. Like things just don't occur to you yeah. the same way that like it might to me. Yeah. It's just really intriguing to hear more in depth about like those beliefs. Yeah. And it helps me to better understand like why sometimes I'm like, that just seems like an easy thing to do and you're like yeah yep. i just don't think about it yeah i wish you were there at that bus stop <laughs> yeah. you could have just well, said i 100 percent would have been going home because i'm always telling myself any reason <laughs> to not go to school and i could have had a great day at home playing video games with no one was home the whole day everyone my parents both worked yeah it could have been great but i had to poop my pants <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I think some of the like happiest times um from that time period for me are um like starting to embrace parts of myself, trying to find like little parts of myself. Um and I still had these rules that I couldn't be both. Like I w- I played on the football team. So I was around like a lot of the like athlete like popular kids mm-hmm. um, or in my mind they were popular um and but i was also a giant nerd mm-hmm. loved star wars lord of the rings like reading i would stay up late reading 
um, almost every night because I had insomnia and didn't realize I had insomnia. I just couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just anxiety, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I would read until I fell asleep every night until early hours in the morning. Um, so I loved like Harry Potter, loved like all of that stuff. And that w- those two like worlds don't collide. Again, that's a rule mind, in yeah. my mind. Those two mm-hmm. worlds don't collide. I have to choose one or the other. Um, so I embraced like that nerdy side of myself and allowed myself to be seen in that way by um, people at school, um, joining the Lord of the Rings club, um, that kind of thing. And so, and and because of that, I finally started to find people who I kind of connected with and could be. Um, I could be a little bit of myself around. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, who you could LARP with. That was one time. <laughs> but you, but we got to mention it. If we do have. It has yeah. to be mentioned. If you're in a Lord of the Rings club, you got to mention the LARPing. That, again, that was one time. Most <laughs> of the time we were just in the library like doing, talking about Lord of the Rings stuff and and then just the one time dress up and yeah okay that was like a saturday event (laughs) but it has to be mentioned a little bit (laughs) but i still had like this conflict within myself because i loved sports i love football that i was like super passionate about that yeah whereas like nowadays you can you can kind of be everything you can kind of do it all yeah be a well-rounded nerd. And I don't, I don't know if that's the way it is for kids these days. I, I don't know. I know as an adult, like, people don't care. Yeah. Um, it's weird. So it's weird what you care about in high school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, feeling lost it was, was a big, because of that, like, conflict um, was a big part of my life. Um that nerdiness kind of led to video games. Um, again, video games were nerdy back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, people played like FIFA and stuff like that, but I played like video games, like PC video games, um, World of Warcraft and Counter-Strike, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and got very, very into that. Um, and there's some, a lot of reasons for that, but um, the main one was it was um, one of those places, probably one of the first places where I felt like I could truly like be me and I was accepted for me. Yeah. Um, I found a lot of connection there um, with the other people. I just happened to like connect with people who were around my age and um, one of them is was like my closest friend um that i shared like everything with all of my struggles Mm -hmm. um anytime i was feeling down or depressed i needed to talk about something like he was the one that i went to and i had never met him he lived in wales so you got some connection there for sure so i got some connection it wasn't Um, just about the video games for you no but i didn't realize that Mm-hmm. at the time that that's what was going on yeah um is this ed yeah and you guys got to meet up recently we did for the first time 
First time you guys have met in, in person. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was about 18 years on. Wild. Because I think I was like 15. And I'm now 33. So yeah, like 18 years. And he just happened to be in Vegas. And he happened to be in Vegas. We're a couple hours from Vegas. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was really cool. That's a cool thing. Um, But because I played so much, and it wasn't just like I played a couple hours after school. Like, I would be on after school and be on till 10, 11, sneak back down after I went to bed and be on till early hours of the morning. Um, it was hours upon hours every single day. Um, so that caused a lot of conflict with my parents. Mm. Um, naturally. Naturally. And I don't know if they knew how to deal with that. I think they also kind of lived by some of those on not unwritten but those rules that they decided upon that like playing video games is bad and it's bad if he plays that much so i'm gonna stop him from playing that much mm-hmm. um i have to do everything i can to stop him and like whether that's taking the router to work like my dad did or um taking <laughs> one game they took the disc and I was banned from it for six months, but I played every single day of that six <laughs> months because I just downloaded a copy of the disc. I was very, very good with tech. Yeah, very tech savvy. And so I, I managed to get around that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of conflict there. Didn't really know how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also... I mean, that's got to be tough because like... While you probably were playing excessively, it Never. you didn't recognize like the level of connection you were getting from it too no. at the time. And it, so I couldn't articulate that to them that yeah. like, hey, these. I mean, I I told them like my friends are on there, but they didn't get it. They yeah, they grew up in an area where the internet didn't exist. Yeah, so they don't get that you can connect with people online. Mm-hmm. Um. I think there was a lot of fear for them that the people I was talking to weren't who they said they were. And maybe there was some danger there. Sure. Um, which naturally, as a parent, you're going to be aware of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could have been hoodwinked this whole time by Ed, but I met him finally. So <laughs> I know he's not like a 50 year old dude with a neck beard. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think another part of my life that um, was really prevalent during this time, like late teenage time, 15, 16, 17, um, before moving to America, was just a ton of loneliness. I remember feeling just like a a longing for connection. Mm-hmm. And not recognizing that that's what I was feeling, but f- like I would be in groups of friends and with my family wherever I was unless I was playing video games and like be surrounded by people and feel completely alone yeah and that was most of how I lived my life um I was very very disconnected from my family um I mean I didn't share anything with them and share what was going on um I mean, with video, with like, with anything, with feeling so lost, feeling so out of place, feeling like I was being bullied still, mm-hmm. 
Um, and um, that was really, really hard. I mean, I recognize it now as, as depression. Yeah. Um, I didn't then. I remember thinking at times, thinking like, am I depressed? Um, and... I, yeah, I look back now and absolutely, I was very, very depressed. There, there was times where I'd be driving home. I, the, I have these distinct memories of, of driving home from somewhere at night. It's dark. I'm packed in a car with four of us in the back of a car, um, all of us kids, and just like staring out the window, looking up at the stars and like wondering, like feeling just so alone. Yeah. Like, I'm surrounded by my family and I just feel so alone because of how disconnected I was. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of, um, like, experiences do you have, like, with your family? Like, that you did, like, that you guys did spend time together or, like, sh- maybe share a little bit more about that because you had to have had some. Yeah. Um, again, my memories are very, very shoddy mm-hmm. of, of things um i live very very dissociated so but i do have some um i think our, our daily routine was a lot of tv watching mm-hmm. that's how we kind of connected as a family was watching tv um which felt very disconnecting because we're just staring at a screen mm. um i know my my dad worked a lot um and he was bishop of our ward so he was often doing yeah, that's really busy bishop stuff mm-hmm. um but i mean i have some like plenty of memories doing like working on projects with him like he was very like diy mm-hmm. um working on the house we built a house yeah you built a house together uh, i it, it's interesting like you say like what memories do you have and nothing like comes to mind but as i start to go through i'm like oh yeah i did do that yeah like I, we we built a house, which um, is a really cool, which is really a cool experience. I yeah. le- I learned a ton. Um, I met, my dad paid me three pound an hour to work on the house. There you go, <laughs> nice. So I was making money and stuff. Um, but I have some good memories working with him, mm-hmm. um, and him teaching me things. Um, so you did have a level of connection. You didn't have maybe the the emotional connection. Yeah, and maybe not having that space where you felt like you could or even knew how to articulate what what you were feeling or what you were going through. I had no clue. But there was a level of connection in some capacity still. I mean, so add on to to all of this is like I talked about finding masturbation at an early age. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't stop. That only got worse. I say worse, but more frequent. Escalated. It escalated. Um, finding pornography on the internet um, periodically. It wasn't like it, it was an everyday thing, but just periodically um, happening across it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a phrase, happening across it? I don't, uh, I don't know. You're We're not from the same place. <laughs> so for me, no. Take. But maybe it is for you. <laughs> um, and tons of shame around that. Religious shame, like just everything. I thought I was like done. Yeah. Um, like in in our church to talk about like forgiveness and 
um, being forgiven for your sins. And I was just like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not worthy of that. Because you have to confess, mm. and I'm never going to confess. So, well, well, I mean, I think there's a, a level of not wanting to confess or talk about it when your dad is the bishop. Yeah, that was a, that was a huge part. I didn't want people to be disappointed in me. That was the overriding thing. Yeah. If I if they found this out, then they would be disappointed in me, and that's that's what I was aware of. Um, that was the surface of it. When yeah. I, as I've done work around it and I look back, I the belief was that if people really knew me, that they would leave, they would reject me, and then you'd be alone, and I would be alone. Yeah. And maybe some of that comes from that experience on the bus being rejected by that girl because I showed people. I was starting to show people like the real me. Yeah. I was getting comfortable, opening up a little bit, and then they rejected me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I had experiences like that throughout my life that just reinforced that over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's still like I've done tons of work around it, and it still comes up. Totally. Um, those things I don't know if they ever go away. We just learn to. And I think sometimes life gives us experiences that do reaffirm those beliefs sometimes. Yeah. So it's hard to like, it's hard to combat it. Yeah. You do. We and still see the, it through that lens. Yeah. You you are able to eventually and work through it. You've got the tools, you know how to like, yeah. you know, process that. But, you know, when life gives you those experiences, whether it be through friends or family, um, it kind of reaffirms that belief sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, add on to that feeling of loneliness and depression, um, all of the shame of struggling with pornography, yeah, um, and the religious shame and, and everything that come that came with that. Um, I, I think when I when I really look back and think about it, it was probably a weekly basis where. I at least thought about or contemplate, contemplated like suicide. Mm. Um, my life just felt like this endless um, pain. And I just wanted it to stop. Yeah, I didn't know any other way for it to stop. And so on a pretty regular basis, that, that thought came up of like, and sometimes it wasn't like I want to kill myself, but like I wish I would just die. Yeah. Like no one really cares about me anyway. You just don't want to be here. Yeah. No one would notice if I'm gone. Yeah. So I just want this pain to stop. And so yeah, when I say I was depressed, that like I was definitely depressed. Yeah. Um, but I found a lot of, one of the other ways that I found a lot of solace was music. Um, listening to music I discovered brand new and taken back someday when I was like 13 all the goodies yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> so right at the beginning of there like that that phase um, the emo phase and it was it wasn't a phase but uh, era the emo <laughs> era began I was gonna say beginning of the are we still in that phase oh I'm still in that phase <laughs> but it I again, when I look back on it now, I I, I can see it from a through different eyes, and I recognize that I was processing emotion. 
hundred percent listening I agree to with that, that music and I even though the words that were like I, I was oh, I've always been huge on and oh, really connected with music that has powerful lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to the lyrics more than anything else. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like brand new and Taken Back Sunday have like some really good lyrics. Really, really good lyrics. And um, yeah, that's something it, like we can connect over. Big oh, definitely. Time. We both processed a lot of emotions through music, and we we're both yeah. And even though the experiences aren't exactly the same, it was just the raw emotion yeah. that were, it was in that music mm-hmm. that I was able to... Pro- I, honestly, like they, it probably saved my life Yeah, to, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, because it gave, it gave that articulation to what you couldn't yourself... Yes, what I couldn't... Like, figure out. Right. I was so unaware of it. Of what I was feeling, I'm a I'm a, such a deep feeler. I feel emotions very intensely. Mm-hmm. But I went through my entire childhood feeling like I was a logic based person that I thought logically. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very emotional because I had shut it down so much, um, and a lot of that is cultural. Um, yeah. In England, you a stiff upper it, lip. Yeah, stiff upper lip, like. Um, just grin and bear it. Yeah. Um, I was raised by, by my parents who were raised by people who went through like World War II. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, there's a lot of traumatic things that happened in that era. Yeah. Um, that people who were raised in, like people who experienced World War II in America just didn't experience I mean, you have the the people, the men that went over and fought that experienced traumatic things. But like bombings over cities and kids being taken from their homes in the cities and and rehomed with random people in the countryside. Sure. Like, and everyone is experiencing those challenges, rationing. Um, And so, like, why talk about it? Why share about it? Just, you just grin and bear it. Yeah, you just deal with it and move on everyone else is experiencing the same thing yeah. i was raised in a very lower class like area mm-hmm. like mill workers miners um that kind of thing and everyone is struggling financially everyone's going through the same things so why why complain about why your complain problems? about it don't complain about your problems because everyone else has got the same problems um and kind of developed as a culture that that humor about it, that gallows humor, the self-deprecating humor, mm-hmm. the sarcasm. That's where a lot of that comes from, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but in, in my family as well, like, I, I never felt like emotions were allowed. Yeah. Um, that if I was sad or angry or whatever, then that was, that was a problem that needed to be fixed. Um, so I just kind of shut all of that down. Yeah. Um, but music was. Music was your outlet. Was my outlet. Um, so that was really powerful for me. Um, when I was, as I got older, 17, 18, um, I still struggled with all of that. Um, but I did start to feel like acceptance from 
certain people, certain friends. Um, and it was then, it was about that time when I was finally starting to let my guard down with people and just really be myself. Mm-hmm. And I moved to America and left them all. <laughs> yeah, that's so hard. Um, like so much opportunity in that, so much growth and, and everything, but like such a hard, hard time. Mm-hmm. Probably that period of three weeks before I met you was the more up to that point definitely um but I can't think of many more times since then where I've been that depressed yeah um that just checked out of life mm. um I think we spent a week in a ho- in a hotel not a motel yeah it was a motel which an is even worse awful motel um I couldn't play video games because we didn't bring my computer with me. Um, so I couldn't play video games or anything. I was just like, I, all of my coping mechanisms, everything I used to cope was taken from me. Yeah. And I just had to like sit in it. Yeah. Well, because you didn't have, you, you were working before you left. Yeah, I was working. You had good friends yep. at that point, some really good friends. Play video games. Playing video games. So you were finally kind of coming out of this like pit you'd almost been in yeah. most of your life. So then to go from that to just nothing, yeah. no connection, no job because you can't work. Well, I didn't connect with my family. Right. And I, I, I did start to in that time period. That was one mm-hmm. thing that came from it was yeah. like I felt like I connected with, especially with my younger sister, my two older siblings, Mark and Amanda, stayed in England because they were too old for the visa. Um, but me and my younger sister moved. Um, and I, I felt like I started to connect with her yeah. during that time period. And that was that was good. So, so that was one good thing, but everything, like, I had, I felt like I had nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you can, I mean, at least, like, your dad went off to work. Yeah. Your younger sister, Bex, Went to school. Went to school, yeah. And then it was just you and your mom. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah. What Me watching Disney Channel. <laughs> I love it. And Seventh Heaven, I think. Oh my god! I would gosh. watch. I don't know. And, and then just play. When when we finally moved into our house, like played video games all day. Um. So thank goodness I came along. So thank and goodness. swept you off your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is hard that that would be a really hard move though that would be really i mean because it's not like you're close by no you can go back and visit yeah and no you can you know you can't call whenever you want you're on different time zones even that yeah. that's tricky just all around it's just sounds really really difficult yeah it was um but again, I was pretty unaware of like how bad it was for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, found my coping mechanisms again, and when we when we moved out of the motel into a house, I was able to play video games. So not much changed after that, other than like meeting you, mm-hmm. and and that was like, I mean, that rocked my world. <laughs> you were so different to anything I'd ever experienced. Um, I bet. 
I'm mostly very because to what many people have experienced. Yeah. Most because <laughs> like I don't know that anyone's liked me the same way that you did and like just obsessively? Yeah, obsessively. <laughs> yeah. Just a little. Um so Yeah, and it it was during this time that pornography like picked up. It was it, before that point. It was like once a month, once every couple of weeks, maybe. Mm. Um, but it started to progress to multiple times a week. Um, just I, again, I think as a coping mechanism, as a way to numb out, to not all of the emotion, all of the feelings. Yeah, that you know, I had stuffed down. At, at that point, I had eighteen years of it, mm-hmm. like that I had stuffed down, um, and adding on, leaving my whole childhood behind my friends and everything um so my shame kind of built with that too uh, or the shame that I experienced um and so yeah meeting you was a was a big big change um i think it it brought a lot of light into my life um, that I didn't have before. So Thanks. thank you for that. Thanks, babe. It definitely paid off uh, all of my stalking efforts. Yeah. And my claim to you when you walked into church. You stalked me like crazy. I did. You found I'm, me on MySpace and messaged me like crazy. I sure creep. did. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. I found you on all social media back then. Even found your Facebook, but I didn't have Facebook then because... That wasn't really a thing for me yet, but yeah, yeah. Drove by your house several times a day. Normal things, people. Normal things. <laughs> to be fair, you live two blocks away from me, so it wasn't that. Yeah, but you changed how you went home. That's so fine. That you could drive by my house. Who wouldn't? I don't know. Who wouldn't want to snag a little pic of you? You took a picture of me. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> you have hidden cameras in my house or something? Yes, hundred percent. No, but yeah, good, good memories. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, you <laughs> definitely rocked my world. I, I staked your, I staked my claim on you for yeah. sure. But we, I think, it, I mean, that explained with where I was at, it does explain like why I just like clung to you so mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Makes sense. Well, this is good, babe. I love that we got to dive into more of like your childhood, kind of what has like made you into who you are and, you know, learn a little bit more about that. Yeah. It's been good. Well, thank you for listening. Um, We appreciate you guys taking the time to, to listen to us drone on about our childhood and stories and all kinds of things. Um, hope you can relate to it in, in some way. Um, and, and that it helps maybe not feel so alone in things that you've experienced. Um, but follow us on Instagram at Gaz and Liz and yeah, thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.